So think about these these thoughts I have about the book of Esther. You know, Esther is not a Jewish Cinderella book. It's not anything about Cinderella. It's 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 you know, a woman who's pretty much kidnapped, taken against her own will to and then she has to rise up to be a you know, to be a queen. I mean she can choose. I mean we can't always choose what happens to her in her life, but we can choose her attitude and she chose the right attitude in a horrible circumstance. But the king in the book of Esther is not exactly the greatest king, you know, is a um I mean for one thing he's He's easily led to commit genocide against the Jews, no, not even anger himself. Just somebody says, hey, I want to do this. And the king's like, okay, no big deal. And so, but let's just read a part of this. This is uh, chapter chapter 2, verses 3. It says, And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of the kingdom to gather all the beautiful young virgins to the harem in Susha, the Sidel, under custody of Hegiah, the king's eunuch, who's in charge of the women. So Queen Esther, a beautiful Jewish woman, is taken. You know, she's not applying or, or, or registering to be in a beauty pageant. She's taken because she's a virgin, a young virgin, and looks good. Doesn't have a choice in the matter. You know, and so it goes on. Here's another um, verse I want to talk about. In verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, When the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as her own daughter to go into the king, she asked for nothing except that the he all, the king's eunuch, who had charge of the woman, advised. Now Esther was winning favor in the eyes of all who saw her. <laughs> so Esther's not in a, such a so great of a circumstance, but she's wanting to be the light and salt of the world, as so to speak. She wanted to obey God. And knowing that our fight is not with flesh and blood, but with you know principalities and the things in the air. That we may have enemies that are flesh and blood, but that's not our fight. And so here she is, is she's only, she's only bringing for what, you know, seeking advice from this eunuch and how, how, what should I bring to the king? What he's looking for? How can I best benefit him? How can I best help him? You know, we're living in a very political time where, what I think one of the biggest PACs or political action committee is the church itself always, you know, going to the, you know, going to the, our president and going to our Congress and demanding our rights. And yet here's Esther doing the opposite. What, how can I help you? And that's why the church should be. The church should, want, should be the one with the answers. The church shouldn't be begging, you know, you know, for we need help. We need to be, you know, cared for, but we should be leading that way. And there's a lot to unpack there. And, and I don't mean to make anybody angry or question things, but, that's just a few things that we, the church needs to be going to God more than going to the to the government to get things accomplished. But anyway, she was winning the favor of the eyes who saw her. You know, you're always going to win the favor of people when you're not the one who has who's not high maintenance. If you're high maintenance, you're not going to win the favor of the people. Let's go to another chapter two, also verse twenty one. It says, "In those days, as Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, uh, these two guys." Two of the king's eunuchs was guarded, who guarded the threshold, became angry and sought to lay hands on King Exercus. And this came to the knowledge of Mordecai, and he told it to Queen Esther. And Esther told the king in the name of Mordecai. Now this is kind of more government thing here. Why would Mordecai, you know, try to save the king? He was a wicked king, which he is. Why would he want to try to try to save the king? Maybe it's, you know protect his, his you know his uh, cousin. Um, uh, Esther in there. I think it's more than that. I think uh, Mordecai was a man of God. I think he, 
He lived to worship God more than anything else. He loved God more than his own life, more than his family's life, more than his, his life itself. And I think we can take a lesson from Mordecai here. There's too often we're ready to impeach a president. Too often, you know, I've even heard prophesy, you know, prophesy that this is going to happen and this is going to happen, which is not good. Rather than trying to help the king, rather than trying to help me person. You know, I don't think God wants people, uh, you know, even, uh, I guess, uh, impeached. I think what he wants is them to do right and do good. And, and we, the church, often end up becoming the enemy, not not because simply we're following by God's God's will and, 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 and his ways, but sometimes because we're acting just like the rest of the world. So here's Mordecai who decides to save the king. And the Mordecai is not the only person. You can also read about Daniel and Joseph doing the same, you know, along the same lines of serving well, of who under, whatever the circumstance was. Chapter 3. It's going down to uh, right before, at the end of verse 2, it says, But Mordecai did not bow down or pay homage. And so so here's this, this guy who's been made a high and official, and, and everybody's bowing down to him as the, as the king's decree goes out, and Mordecai refuses. So here's Mordecai who saves the king, and at the same time, right after that, refuses to obey the king. So he saves the king, but also refuses to obey the king when the king wants him to do something that's against the law of God, which is bound down to another human as if they're God themselves. Because there's only one God, and God says, don't come before me with any other God. And so here's Mordecai refusing to bow down. We need to be the same way. There's some things that the government's going to say that we don't need to bow down. You know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. Daniel refused to bow down. When Daniel did bow down, he was in his room to pray like he always did three times a day towards the city of Jerusalem. So we need to think well or, or to save the king, but also not obey his ungodly uh, commands. And, this, and it goes into a whole lot of things. I mean, Book of Esther is a little bit of reading. I think I have over two days to read. But it's a very interesting book. Let's see if I have... And so, yeah, that's the only thing I've really under, under, underlined. But there's so much more there, and maybe one day I'll write a whole lot more about there or do a lot, lot longer video on, on that kind of stuff. But read Esther, enjoy it.